0: Hello and welcome! Elizabeth Lockwood here. I'm your host for Mile Long Trace, where we unpack the process of practicing commercial interior design. This podcast is a catalyst to elevate you as a commercial interior designer, to make you resilient and successful at your career, by unpacking the facets of the design process elevating your professional practice through organizational dynamics tips, celebrating emerged practitioners through a series of candid interviews so that you can hear how they navigated their career path. And lastly, creating a Q&A platform to build quality professional resources. In the end, I want you to feel supported in your role as a commercial interior designer so that you can be successful in your career. As passionate designers, we want to elevate the commercial interior design industry by providing credible resources to support emerging practitioners. In order to keep this content accessible, Mile Long Trace is seeking industry partners and sponsors to grow this platform. Industry sponsors and partners that are passionate about supporting, influencing, and advancing commercial interior design. Mile Long Trace is offering annual and a la carte sponsorship more information and to contact us, go to milelongtrace.com. Generous sponsorship dollars support the future of commercial interior design by building a stronger community, knowledge base, and attrition at firms and an industry at large. All right, welcome back to Mile Long Trace. This is episode 24, Starting Anew. In this episode, we'll look at the transition of starting a new design position discuss how you know it's time to transition. We'll look at interview tips and how to approach your new position physically and emotionally. So I left my zone and started a new gig. Yep, 2021 is looking a little different this year, and I thought it was appropriate to start out the season by sharing kind of where I'm at personally and then help process through that and share some of the reflection I've found in that process of starting a new position. I left my zone. I started a new gig. I have to say, leaving the comfort of a job position is hard. It's really hard to say goodbye to a project that you've fallen in love with, the design team that you enjoy collaborating with, the process that you've had down, and the routine. In reflection, you realize how in the zone you get on projects. After about a year, you usually hit your stride and learn how to complement the design team. So through starting a new position, it is, was, it's exciting. I've been practicing long enough to know that I have a steep mountain to climb to get back into the workflow zone. And that was honestly what scared me the most. I had one coworker ask me, are you nervous to, you know, start the new position? I said, I'm not nervous, but I know I'm not going to be operating at my optimal at the beginning. So what is that workflow zone some of you might be thinking? It's when you've worked enough with your design team, you know how to dance with them. You've established trust. You know how to complement each other. You know what each other's triggers are. You know their design style, how they think. You know how they show up to deadlines, how they approach clients in the design process. Right? So starting a new position, it's a lot to take on and to uncover all those facets at the beginning. But let's back up for a second and look at when you reach your tipping point and decide it's time to make a job change. This is a thing that's very hard to speak to because it's so personal. Each into their own, right? We all have a different trigger and something deep inside us that says it's time. I've found it's easy to endure a position for so many reasons. You could think it'll get better. You don't have confidence in thinking others will see your worth. Just the mere thought of the interview process is paralyzing. The thought of looking for a position takes too much time, you can't seem to carve out. It's easy to stay in your comfort zone. Your coworkers are pretty darn cool. The project type is career building, it pays well, and maybe you have job security. There's so many different reasons. So, what do you do? At some point, you reach a tipping point. I've always told myself, if I'm learning in my position, then it's worth it. And that if that time comes when I'm not being challenged, it's time to move on. Well, here's the naive thinking behind that statement. Our design field has so many complex facets that it's rare that we're never being challenged, right? At some point, you say, the unknown of a new job position outweighs the comfort of a seasoned position. Well, in my case, it was the distant dreams. I'm talking retirement dreams. Of being able to have nature at my fingertips, compounded with the pandemic, and career opportunity I could not pass up. The decision hit me like a freight train, and for those that know me, no when I make up my mind about something... I make it happen. But honestly, in this case, it feels like the stars aligned. And then there was a tarot card reading that confirmed it. The Page of the Pinnacles represents a situation, it's an opportunity that's being offered to you. You are only at the beginning of finding your way through this new world, so be humble and diligent. If you apply yourself, you will impress others, and this opportunity will lead to many others. What is being offered to you is nothing short of a full potential of this suit of pinnacles. Sure, there is failure in the suit and in our lives, but there is also tons of abundance and potential to go far and become a respected master of your craft, whatever that may be. The second card I pulled said this, In the Six of Swords, you have recently endured something. That the trip itself may be a source of sadness. You're making a painful choice. Still it is the best choice available at this time. And your eyes should be on the long term, even though the immediate repercussions of your decision are difficult. You know that it is ultimately bringing you better situation. And that's pulled from the modern tarot. So those two cards were laid out to me and really, really stuck with me. I was awestruck after reading those two cards and the relationship of them. FYI, this is my first time doing a tarot card reading. So woo-woo or not, the text spoke to me. Personal backstory to this, in order to accept this new position, I would be selling my house that was a labor of love that we spent two years physically building ourselves. I would have to pack up my kids, force my kids to leave the schools and their friends that they have, Leave the design community that felt like family that I'd practiced in my entire career. Leave our extended family and very close friends to pursue a lifestyle and a new job. Sometimes we realize in practice is making long-term changes to our career can be hard, but the good long-term outweighs the discomfort that the first year might bring. Glennon Doyle helped remind me of this in her book, Untamed. You're not here to waste your time deciding whether my life is true and beautiful enough for others. You are here to decide if your life, relationship, and world are true and beautiful enough for you. Right? So we need to be doing what feels right to us, not because others think we should, but because we know in our gut it's right. Even if in the meantime it feels hard and hurts, the good that comes along will outweigh so grab hold of your life, your career, and make it something that you'll never regret. Something you'll feel proud of when you look back on your life. And with that thinking, it guided me to applying to a new position. And two months later, moving to a new town, a new state, a new, a new everything, and starting anew. The stars aligned. Honestly, I believe the interview process Is hard. I love meeting people. I loathe interviewing. In interviews, one has to quickly judge on a small window of who you are, and one thing you say could be a trigger that could sell or unsell yourself. I happen to be an honest person. In the case of an interview, it does not serve me. I tell it how it is. I was trying to express that I needed a work life balance and a firm to complement that. I needed a firm that would respect. And be conscious about staffing, scheduling, and workloads. The downfall is it came across that I wasn't a hard worker, which is the opposite. Though it always crushes your ego, I probably dodged a bullet on this one, right? That is where, just like dating, the stars have to align with the vocabulary you choose to use to represent you as a candidate and the interviewers whose biases and thoughts about what makes a good employee align. Each firm is different. And that's what makes it so hard. There are some that I'd quote say are good at interviewing. They're good at reading the room and reflecting back to the interviewer what they want to hear. This strategy will work if you're trying to get a job to get a job. Maybe you're starting out in your career and you just need a break. However, if you're trying to find a relationship that will support your personal and professional goals, their interview has to be two-sided like dating you have to ask the right questions on both parties' sides to figure out if it's the right fit. And then at some point, you each have to take that leap of faith. So apparently, I said all the right things in my job interview. I also did my homework, and so did they. I talked to a friend that worked there to get inside scoop to vet if the firm would be the right fit for me. I also studied the firm's work and ethos so that when I spoke to them, I authentically reflected back to them the parallels I saw between me as a practitioner and them. The key is to keep it authentic so you don't misrepresent oneself because, here's the downfall, if you get hired, you have to live up to what you said. So here's some tips for interviewing. Be a filtered version of yourself, but keep it conversational so it's not flat and one-sided. Two, translate those parallels. Look for relationships and what they are saying and who you are, and paraphrase that back to them. Write down a series of questions to get at the heart of how the organization operates. You want to find out their culture. Before you even go to the interview, you should have an idea about their body of work and whether or not their project types align with you or not. So this is really about you getting to the heart of who they are as a business, as practitioners, as colleagues as peers, as bosses. Things I wished I would have asked in a younger version of myself. What is the firm's approach to mentoring? This is an invaluable, pivotal part of your career. Find a firm that will see the value and take the time to mentor you, up, down, and across mentoring. Number four, outline for them how you see yourself fitting into the firm. What can you offer? I had one interview where halfway through the interview, it occurred to the interviewer that I was at the more senior level in the position outlined. It was definitely an awkward moment when she stated the fact, and instead of getting up and leaving, I made my case why I should still be considered for the position. I made my pitch by outlining how I would fit into the firm. I didn't get that position immediately, but received a call back a few months later asking if I'd be interested in a new position that they had posted. So you never know when you will resonate with someone when you plant a seed. In the end, it turns out the recommendation my friend gave for the position and this podcast platform actually sealed the deal. Who would have thought a passion project to elevate the commercial interior design industry would be a vehicle for a design position? But it helped the firm see my thought process and thinking and approach to design. So during the interview, they didn't have to ask those questions. It was already transparent because they knew they could listen to it. All right. So it takes a year to get in the groove. Why? There's two aspects I want to look at. The technical aspect and the emotional aspect. We'll start with the technical aspect because that's the one that's a little bit more tangible. Each firm has different ways of approaching work from conception to planning, research, concept, design development, the ways they document the design process how they engage with construction administration. So usually when you start at a firm, you receive the standards. It's a written outline in the employee handbook. But really those are just the beginning of what you'll be leaning into and learning as you grow in your position. I know for me, the first week hurt my brain because I had to navigate new software to conversate with my teams, new file structures and such. The good news is, with each week as you hit Friday, you're one step closer to your workflow. One aspect I found challenging was knowing I was not performing at my optimum design level because I was battling all the day-to-day where to find things. And you know, when we're stressed, it forces us to use our left brain, that survivalist side. The one that kicks up to keep us safe from predators. It's also the one that makes us think practically. It's the one that sees the safest, most direct route to safety. It's also the one that inhibits the daydreaming creative side. I found this to be true as I sat down at my desk each morning, fired up my computer, logged into all the systems, and then tried to employ those creative juices. The good news is each day you show up, it gets closer and closer and easier and easier, and that left side will soften and make room for creativity. So the emotional side. This is honestly probably 90% of our work. Each firm has a different work culture, and you have to learn how to navigate that. Who you can be upfront or direct with, what things are unspoken or need to be danced around. Honestly, I think this is the most challenging part of starting a new position. There is so much to learn and be mindful of. One element I've noticed is my own mental models stemming from past firms that I bring with me into new positions. I've had to cross-check those assumptions about how my boss and colleagues want to operate and unearth what is authentic to the current firm. This has been a dance, and I've been honest and inquired and what felt like a lot in order to be respectful and considerate of the new culture. One element I was deeply aware of is gaining pure trust, and that only comes with time. Some of it is also a simple demonstration that you can do an egress plan, That can win them over. For others, it's continuously collaborating with them and reminding them that though you might be making deviating suggestions, because that's the design process, right? Your end goals are in alignment with theirs. Sometimes it's inviting a colleague for lunch or to go grab a coffee or a walk to get to know them personally a little bit better. The biggest thing is to be friendly, extend opportunities to get to know each other, and slowly work on building relationships. Over time through demonstration, this rapport will build. You just have to be patient. For more on navigating office culture, make sure to check out episode three of Mile Long Trace. So I'll leave you with this, five tips on how to approach your new job position. Keep your ears and eyes open. Be willing to lean into conversations and learn the dynamics of the firm. Be a sponge and absorb, absorb, absorb. Be friendly, make friends with anyone and everyone you can. Avoid the gab sessions, but seriously get to know each individual and understand who they are and how they approach design. As you do this, you're learning who you can lean on for help during different aspects of the design process, who you can go to to charrette with, who you can ask a technical question of, who you can go to to ask advice on the firm culture and how to approach a situation. Tip three, ask questions. Without being annoying, see how you can inquire about the intricacies of the firm How the firm approaches projects, how they interact with clients, how they collaborate among the office, the pace they set for deadlines, how they approach deliverables at different phases, how they approach proposals, interviews, staffing, what level of formality do they like to come with for deliverables. And then four, walk the tightrope. Curb the, well, at my last firm we did it this way, but when invited, offer insight and parallels and look for opportunities to help infuse into the firm. Lastly, step up your game and prove your worth. Join committees, dive into projects, even if it means a few extra hours. Look for openings, look for opportunities, look for ways that you can bring something forward without being asked, and then produce quality, thoughtful work. So with that... I'm going to wrap up episode 24. I hope that this helped you think about your career and decisions that you make that might be hard along the way for maybe making a job change and transition. It um, honestly has been life changing for me, uh, especially during a pandemic to be doing something refreshing and new. And but with that, it comes with a lot of change and stress and heartache and It's not an easy process, and so I hope that this episode helped you think about your current positions, or if you're in the mood for change, and how to approach it. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want more, please spread the love and subscribe to this podcast. You can find supporting information in the show notes for this episode on milelongtrace.com. If you're itching to have a question answered about the interior design profession, visit our website to contact me. Don't forget to follow Trace on Instagram to stay in the know. Hey, share this with your friends to grow this platform so that we can continue to provide you kick-ass information that is relevant to you and your profession. Till next time, keep designing y'all.